Ouch. Wow, that's in repose with Long Drive Home. This is the hour from Portland, Oregon. I'm your host, Piotr Moose. In the next hour, we're going to take you through some local bands, The Idealist, Old Devils. We'll learn a little bit about them. And then later on, we'll hear part of an interview with Dave Coey from Mexican Gunfight. We'll play a few other things, so sit back and relax. This is the hour. Obviously, it's in Portland. How about Gleason? What are you saying, man? I'm just saying. Well, you, just, what, you want to put it up that front? Yeah, no, just put don't. Put it in the hood. And don't, then, whoa, okay. Yeah, no, we'll just throw him a bone. Hey, Gleason goes from Gresham <laughs> all the way to the, the Pearl. There's no hood on Gleason. <laughs> That's true. Or there oh, there's hoods. a hood. There's many hoods. But it'd be like the Beatles, like, you know, in the, when they, uh, they're number nine, number nine, all of a sudden they're just saying Cesar Chavez. Cesar Chavez. <laughs> That'd be awesome. No, it doesn't make it. <laughs> Numbers, numbers, numbers have to stay numbers. I want to hear that Beatles album. <laughs> 
Cesar Chavez. Cesar Chavez. Cesar Chavez. Okay, this is the idealist. We started in, I think, about the middle of 2009. Did you guys meet in Portland? Uh, Mike, the singer, and I, we met here maybe about five or six years ago. However, uh, Charles, the drummer, he and I played when we were about 14 or 15 years old in a land far away, northern Kentucky. 
So uh, that's where we met and had been friends ever since. And he kind of randomly moved out here. Then we started a band. So that's pretty much that. Nice. Um, what, what's the arrangement? Yeah, I, I'm the primary guitar player. Okay. Um, and actually, this three-song demo, uh, we were using keyboards in place of bass. Bass, okay. Not because we wanted to necessarily. Uh, Mike didn't have a bass yet. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Work, work with what you got, yeah, right? He yeah. did a great job, I love though. it. So right. as we've written songs and played live, we moved the keyboard out, and then now we're just a regular power trio nice. with a singer. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and so you guys have three songs on the web. Yes. And we're working on 11 more originals. 11 more. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed you had a pretty good body of work at the show. Yeah, none of which is on. And tight. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. We practice. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> in case I didn't mention it, you're listening to The Hour from Portland, Oregon. This is our initial episode Kicking it off here with Thomas McGar from The Idealist. We've got Lauren Stellar effing star <laughs> from Old Devils. Booyah. And Booyah. <laughs> it's from the Booyah tribe. From the Booyah tribe. <laughs> and Johnny DeBelly. Hey. So, I don't know what that is. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I gave myself that own moniker. It's my fault. We're here in the living room. Here's some more Idealist.
Sadie, our studio dog is going nuts. Let's move over to Lauren. Lauren Stellar Effing, sir. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm, I'm fine. You were sort of the catalyst. We played a show with Old Devils and The Idealist and Empire Rocket Machine, uh, John's band, my band, uh, opened the show. That's how we all met. Uh, oh, yeah, it was, yeah, that's right, because it was like leading into the holidays. The, yeah, like what would the holidays be without an Old Devil show? Well, exactly. Exactly. What yeah. I mean, every day. It's kind of like your unbirthday. <laughs> yeah, every day is an Old Devil's Day. You've known each other for a while, and, and you know the drummer. You've jammed with your drummer. Yeah, we've actually been in four different bands together, I guess. I don't know. He, yeah, he's been, uh, he's played around. He was Dry County Crooks, is kind of the main one that he was in for a long time. And they still do shows every once in a while. And then uh, he does, um, he's in a David Bowie tribute band that's actually playing tonight. What are they called? Queen Bitch. Nice. <laughs> well, if I, if I was in a David Bowie cover band, it'd be called Piggy Stardust, and I would dress up like Miss Piggy. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I've always wanted to start, like a, as I've always wanted to start a <laughs> cover band, Ethel and Chains, and it's all a la Ethel Merman, and you sing all the songs. <laughs> like Here nice. they come to snuff the rooster! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah, Cheo just he's played in a lot of different bands, and then uh, Devin is actually yeah uh, he was oh, in, Devin he was in the Pioneers Kids ah. for quite a while. And That's funny, I know Joe, and yeah, <laughs> I feel work. humbled or just cough. <coughs> yeah. So anyway, Plan B was really cool, and those guys were cool to us, and and everybody sounded really good. Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of fun. I mean, it was uh, it was just fun to be. Uh, well, we've been a- around as long as uh, Idealist, I guess. Yeah. I think that's really new. What, uh, you know, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes uh, a while to as a get as a as a four piece two and a half. Hard, hardly enough time to develop a reputation. You know, if it was like the No Effects show, what was that? The McCarter Charles Charlie McCarthy, Charles Mingus Benefit. I have the ponit. The bonus. I have the poster. <laughs> on my, I don't even know what that word is. <laughs> let, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Before we, before we move any further, let's decide what a bonus is. <laughs> it was the McCarger okay. Charles Cancer Benefit. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. We got invited to play through Kenny Field, our drummer. Who well, the is Fallman, Aaron. By far the most charitable drummer. Yeah. <laughs> face of the earth and the Fallman. Yep. So we did that. What was that? Was at um, O'Malley's. O'Malley's. Foster. Yeah, like I mean, we're all doing shows to raise money for something. There should be more people doing more things. Not that there isn't enough people doing more things, but uh, <laughs> there's not enough. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. There's tons of people doing great things. Here we've got the old devils queued up. No, uh, do you not, not the oh, old sorry. Sorry, just, just old devil. Yeah, it's not devil. the Foo Fighters, right? It's exactly. good thing it's not live radio. <laughs> it's not Dicks. the Led Zeppelin. It's old devils. <laughs> Okay, well, hold on, before... before. Wow, now I don't feel like a rock before, fan but, at all.
December we played at Fuel. Yeah, they just they want us to come back and do that. And then uh, you know, word has just been trickling in from up there and we were just invited last night, played at Slim's up in Seattle, Slim's last chance and yeah. That was that gig that was listed where they needed somebody Yeah, they just needed a third band. Yeah. And uh or he actually emailed me, just straight up emailed me and For those of you listening, 
if you uh, go to the Northwest Music Scene blog and get onto the band message board, um, there's some really cool opportunities there, and we'll try and figure out some more creative ways in the future to tell you how to do that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a great resource. It, it totally is. So tell me about the Slims experience really quick. You know, it's really tiny, but it's really cool. I mean, <laughs> was there any celebrities of note at your show? No, it's actually it's all just. A <laughs> you cannot I have a name like Stellar Effing Star and not be a celebrity. I'm sorry, yeah. it's over. You know, I started my own fan page. The argument. How did I miss that? Because well, it's it's just yeah, it's around. But, but no, uh, actually, you're not, you're not cool enough. <laughs> That's why you miss it. Oh, I did have one more question for Lauren. No, what what's your Portland connection with the band and the music and and where do these guys come from? Um. Cheo, our drummer, is originally from, I believe, New Jersey. Um, and he has just kind of made his way this way. But uh, no, it's just, you know, we all just kind of, I mean, I'm essentially from here and, you know, born and raised. I've kind of lived around, and but, uh, you know, I was kind of ended back here. And then, I mean, it's all, yeah, we all just kind of slowly worked our way into each other's lives, just totally inadvertently. And Where did you grow up in Portland? Uh, East County. East baby. County. Right on the corner of 8-Track and Flare Leg. Nice. Yeah. Northeast. 8-Track and Flare Leg. <laughs> so there you go.
Copperhead by Mexican Gunfight. Before that, we heard Old Devils and The Idealist. And now here's some more Mexican Gunfight. I think you're everywhere Breaking out of banners all around the fair Who would think that yes, you'd be profound yet there's
that was Dumb Enough by Pinehurst Kids. I'd like to thank them for letting me use that. Before that, we heard From Your Star by Mexican Gunfight. I recently had a chance to call Dave Coey, bass player and leader of Mexican Gunfight, and talk to him a little bit about what they're doing. Oh. Hi, Dave. It's Piotr. Tell me about how Renegade Saints started. Uh, Saints started in... Uh... Late 91, uh, we were, a bunch of us were just in Eugene, so some were playing in band. Everybody was playing in bands of one kind or another, and uh, uh, people were growing restless in the bands that they were in, so we were we we were friends in the musical community and just came together and said, hey, well, let's start a new band, and so we did. We didn't have a drummer at first, and we played acoustic shows uh, in the fall of 91, and then... Uh, uh, kind of you know, built up our repertoire and rehearsed a whole bunch and and uh, played you know like I said played some shows and then we finally got a drummer and then rehearsed with him and then we debuted in at the Wow Hall as a as a five piece electric band in like January of early January of '92 and uh, that's how that came together and that's why we're doing this 20 year anniversary so the anniversary of that that show. Uh, uh, you know that coming together. So, and what was the lineup then? Is it the same lineup, lineup? then? It's the same lineup as as we have now, except for the drummer. Our drummers, <laughs> the Renegade Saints, had like three or four drummers, and they all have uh, ended up out of state, and so we it's impractical to play with them. Yeah. As much as we love them all, and they're all super talented and super great guys, but they're super far away. So. And they totally understand. So we play with Ned from The Strangers. He was originally in The Strangers. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, the list of drummers is, let's see, there was Matt Reynolds, and then there was Mike Partlow, and then there was Andy Mitchell, and then after Andy Mitchell was Mike Partlow again, and then he substituted... (laughs) And then um, he was. He said, "I'm. I'll, I'll join you guys again, temporary, till you find somebody else." And then, then we found uh, uh, <clears throat> Dave Austin, and he was awesome, and he was our last drummer. Well, and then, mm-hmm. and then we broke up, and then when we got back together in 2007, uh, Ned was our drummer. Ned yeah, failing. I love, I love Ned's drumming. He's fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah, we love Ned. Absolutely, so easy, and he just. He just fit in so easily too, because he, he the Saints and the Strangers mm-hmm. played over forty times together, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he knew the music very well. So he it was so easy for him to jump into that position. So what's the what's the info on that show? What's the um, like the date and the time and everything? Uh, that would be Saturday, January twenty first. Uh, it's an eight o'clock show at seven o'clock doors, um, Alberta Rose Theater. Mm-hmm. Have you played there before? And, uh, I have played there in one situation, and it was uh, as as uh, as Mexican gunfight, and as and in Kerosene Dream at a at a benefit show for a friend. Who was uh, we were raising money for his expenses of his cancer battle? Mm-hmm. Uh, this was last uh, April, and so both both those acts played a re- played really short sets, like I think it was thirty twenty five or thirty minute sets. Mm-hmm. 
in a huge, that. yeah, it was a huge lineup of acts, a ton of Portland oh, cool. acts played. And, and so that's the only time I played there it was two in two bands on one night. And then, uh, tell me about how Mexican gunfight started. Mexican gunfight started about uh, 2006. I want to say, um, I've lost track, but I think it's in 06. Um, I was, I had, I, Kerosene Green wasn't doing much. Um, I felt like playing rock and rock in a rock band, kind of a setting again with the songs that I was writing. And uh, I kind of looked around and I was like, who else is available? And, and so I just asked those guys if they wanted to throw something together and play just a bunch of fun material, like covers and, pick some cool fun songs to play some originals and some some covers and yeah everybody was game so that's how that came together and it's it's evolved a little bit but it's basically the same it still says the same premise of playing cool songs that we think are cool not maybe not popular covers you know definitely not popular covers i mean we don't do anything that's really popular nothing well known when we choose a song and and then our original stuff yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you guys are clearly popular. We saw a pretty hefty crowd by the middle of the night over at the White Eagle. We were impressed with how many people were getting down, grooving. Yeah, I liked that show. That came together well. That was a good one. I also happened to notice a sound technician that I recognized. Um, I don't remember his name, but I know he used to do the old Dahlia shows at the Ohm. Uh, oh, he did? Yeah, yeah. That's. I think his name's Jay. That's right, Jay. And I mean, he was just always amazing, but he would also be like the third member of Dahlia dialing up all kinds of uh, delays and effects and stuff. Oh, that's when, a, that's when a sound engineer is at their best. Yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's what you always, that's what you always want when you, when you have a band, you know, somebody who's going to play that integral of a role. Well, I thought, you know, maybe he's working for McMinimins now. Maybe he does Edgefield or something. But when I saw him at the club, I just instantly, you know, it was at ease, like, oh, this is great. You know, I know you guys are going to pull your end, but I, I, I don't have a beef with sound guys, but I just feel like, um, well, actually, I've met more good sound guys lately than, than um, I've expected. And in the past, um, you know, kind of cutting my teeth in, Spokane and Seattle in the 90s and the last decade, I felt like there was not enough good sound happening. Um, I know a lot of guys who went to school, myself included, tr to try and uh, you know do better at that, but I have noticed actually more guys gravitating towards Portland, better sound people in Portland in general. Yeah. Seems like it's a, I don't know, it seems like, it, seems like it would be a tough trade to be in. It is, yeah. I mean, it, it, being in a band is bad enough. Um, like, but the fu funny thing is, I think sound engineers are getting, um, they're, they're probably not working all that much either. I don't know who's working more, uh, engineers or bands. But uh, when engineers do work, they tend to get more of a guarantee. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, there's it's it's not uncommon to get less than the sound engineer for every and for every musician to walk out with less money than the sound engineer right? yeah and i think if you're an engineer you're really lucky to be working for somebody who's going to consistently pay you the same amount oh god yes that would be <laughs> that would be 
<laughs> that would be unusual. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I think I think the goal for an engineer would be to get a house gig that's consistent. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed, uh, you know, a lot of clubs have house people, and they, I think, just tend to do a better job. Uh, the fellow who works at the Tonic Lounge used to work at the Whiskey in L.A. He's a great monitor engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who works at Kelly's Olympian Knife Shop is doing a really good job in there. What I'd really like to do is get together with John, my friend John, who's also in my band, and um, you know maybe sit down with the four of you guys and, and talk a little bit more about um, how you guys do what you do, frankly. Yeah. All right. That sounds great. Yeah. So, yeah, so what, it's a, tell me about your show. Well, it, it's totally out of my comfort zone. Um, I was listening to this guy named Stephen Parsons on Babylon okay. FM out in Las Vegas. Uh, Stephen, his nickname is Crash, and he's got a band out there, Jupiter Crash. He's a dad and, and just does all kinds of stuff, but he was doing this cool rock show, playing all kinds of stuff, and he just suddenly became a fan of my band on Facebook, and so I kind of you know, look at who's friending the page or whatever. And, um, turned out he had this radio show. So I, I hit him up and said, well, you know, would you like some of our music? Um, and so I sent him some MP3s and he started playing it on his rotation and I started listening and it was this really kick-ass show where, um, all these bands from around the country somehow had gotten in touch with him or he got in touch with them. And he was just playing some really, really good indie rock. And it was what I wanted to listen to all the time. It was, you know, I, I grew up listening to like KGON and, uh, you know, whatever, 105.7 or whatever. And this just blew everything out of the water of what I thought a rock radio show could be. And it made me think maybe that's what rock radio was like back in California or whatever, back in like the 60s when they'd play like an entire album side or, you know, just do whatever they wanted. And since the Internet is so free, I thought, you know, this is kind of this perfect, maybe it's like a renaissance of, of – radio now or something even though everybody thinks radio is dying maybe it's actually growing and i suggested that he get in touch with daryl at the northwest music scene blog because uh the northwest convergence zone radio is really good too and i listen to that a lot and i just recently found out i can listen to it on my phone so i've been doing that in the mornings when i make breakfast and i've even heard empire rocket machine like a couple days ago they played an empire rocket machine song Really? Nice. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, there's, oh, that's sweet. And, and I like ran upstairs with my phone and was like, Saskia, check this out. Like, this is us. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really validating to hear yourself, right? And oh, yeah. I don't get that experience much. But then I kind of made this remark. Um, I made friends with Daryl uh, just because sometimes I try and make friends with people I think are interesting on Facebook, see where that leads. And then one time I just, somewhere like in a message or something said you know i want a radio show i want to do that not really knowing what that meant and he said well you know go for it we don't really have a portland format station or a show or anything and so um you know what do you think you could do and and i felt like i know enough people who know enough people to be able to put an interesting playlist together but then thinking about it more i thought well i really like to listen to public radio i really like the shows that explore a little bit more about the artists that tell a story. Um, I really like fresh air. I really like this American life. I like mm-hmm. car talk. Um, you know, I, I love stuff like that where they're 
they're engaging with personalities and, and it just makes it more interesting. So I'm trying to do that plus a playlist and just sort of put this thing together. And I've gotten strong encouragement from the guys in Tacoma. And um, the, the first episode is mostly done at this point. I've got um, Copperhead on it. Really love that tune. And then, you know, just see what happens and, and just let it rip. Nice. Yeah. Well, good. It's, it's adventurous and fun. It is. It is fun. Definitely an adventure. <laughs> and I feel like I'm at a point where I have at least enough time to be able to put it together, you know, even if quickly or at, at weird times. And um, finding out the power of my phone, too, like being able to plug it right into my mixer. Oh. Nice. <laughs> so that's kind of neat. It's amazing. Yeah. So so this is working out really well too. Well, thank you so much for doing this, and and uh, it's exciting to be a part of it. Um, if you want to go to the page, uh, the page is live now. The hour, it's called the hour from Portland. Okay. Oregon. I'm just gonna, you know, keep checking in with all the, all the artists I want to feature, and and you know just kind of see if it uh, will grow along with everybody and, you know, see how long that goes. Right on. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Thanks, Dave. In your new endeavor. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out to talk to me. That was my pleasure. And um, when's the next Mexican gunfight gig, by the way? That is uh, February 11th okay. at... Uh, Biddy McGraw's. What day of the week is that? Uh, Saturday. Oh, nice. Saturday night. <laughs> that one's free. Or otherwise, I'd put you on the guest list. Oh, no problem. There's no. <laughs> that one's free to the public. So nice. I like Biddy's. Well, thank you, sir. Have a good night. Thanks, Yoder. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Good night. Bye. Sitting on your front porch Smoking cigarettes And talking about the wrongs You did before You came my way It's alright Darling, you don't Have to stop
That was a pair of tunes featuring Kenny Field on drums, Empire Rocket Machine playing Front Porch, and The Fallman playing Mr. Madrigal. Here's another Fallman tune.
Thomas, how does the idealist write tunes? Well, um, over the past couple years, Mike, the main vocalist, he's become more um, instrumental in bringing in his ideas. You know, it, it took us a while to get to know one another and work together and everything. So, you know, we have a few different methods. One method is Mike brings in basically a, a prearranged song, plops it in front of us, the three of us pound it out, a couple practices, ready to go. That or we'll get in there, tune up, start playing. You guys tune? Yeah, sometimes. Oh. I tune out loud. People hate it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I do. We, I we do. Just, I hate it. We'll get in the in the practice space and it goes and we'll take one nugget and work on that as a band. Uh, sometimes I'll bring in something. I'm not uh, a vocalist, nor am I as good a songwriter as Mike. So my stuff is usually it takes us a, you know, we'll get like the core of what I'm doing and, and form it from there, you know. But basically, any way an idea that can become a song can happen. Like, whatever it takes for new ideas to come to light, that's what you should be the, doing, right? The like, main thing that we figured out is we're trying to waste less of the drummer's time. <laughs> There's only three of us, you know, so... Yeah. <laughs> no, sir, I know exactly what it is. Figuring out those parts, and he's just like... Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, he's just like using his uh, drumsticks to prop open his eyelids. You know? I guess I'll go to the bathroom again. Yeah, yeah, it's like so. Mike and I, we try to spend a little more time just like hashing the chords out. Me, I'm trying to get better about coming up with a solid, you know, strumming pattern on the amazing riff I'm writing. You know, <laughs> and just coming in with as much solid music as possible. And then, because there's only three of us, all it takes is two people playing the strings, and then the we have our drummer. It should happen quickly like that. Yeah, but you can come back to it, too. I mean, I've yeah. been in situations where you didn't bring to the table what we wanted you to bring. What's wrong with you? You know, or you didn't work hard on the, hard enough on this stuff. And I think, well, that's because it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some other songs we want to work on first. I am perfectly willing to leave, come back the next week or two weeks later or whatever, and say, I had this idea, and all of a sudden it happens. you know. But then, again, like a year later, I might have a totally different experience. Well, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're trying to push things, too, it just doesn't help. I mean, it's, you know, there's, I mean we've, we've totally tabled songs for literally months mm -hmm. at a time. And then it's like, you know, all of a sudden it'll be like, oh, hey, what about this song? And you know, we'll start working with it, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, and it's just funny because when we first worked, I was like, eh, you know, but then, like, Next, I mean, we just pulled a song kind of out of the mothballs that we hadn't done in a while, and we put it in back into our set, and it's... Moms like, have it's, balls? Totally. Well, interesting. They're huge. That's why they smell that way. That, yeah. That'll be another show. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the nature show. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, I mean, it's like... this. I wish I would have called it the nature show now. <laughs> I'm sorry I returned like that. Um, no, but it's—I mean—it's just you know—it's just weird because we've breathed new life into this song, and it's just you know—and it's. I think that's a lot where bands get their sounds. Yeah, amen. And you have to sit around for a while and kind of talk and stew on things to really get that—that that, uh, sense of where everybody's coming from and the influences and things. Well, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I mean, especially. I I was just totally thinking about it. like there was one point in my life where I was in a punk band and a like a singer songwriter band like total folk <laughs> band and I and I totally did that intentionally because it was like I loved rock 
but I knew the other one was like fully, you know, it was just, I mean, like when I came into the singer songwriter thing, they were in the studio and I had six days <laughs> to write parts for 11 songs wow. and record them. And I did it, but it was like, it was really cool because it pushed me to do something. And then it was like, I was able to just kind of like back and forth between these two, just night and day, like different things. And it totally just like, that was the most proficient I've ever felt like playing bass because I was doing these things. And it was like, I moved on from those two bands. But it's just, you know, it's just weird because, like, that time in my life was, like, you know, the whole, I mean, that was, like, the best ever. And it was totally because of, like, the whole influence thing. It's, like, I'm, you know, I'm never ashamed to say that, like, hell yes, I'm influenced by Kiss. Me too, sir. That's yeah. the reason no, I, mean, it's like, I do and it's anything. Like, yeah, and it's, like, because, I mean, the thing is, is, like, you know, that's a part of who I am. And it's, like, you know, I, I, I'm a child. I am a product of the 70s and the 80s, man. There's nothing I can do about it. And it's, like, you know, I mean, there's fan like this huge like i'm a total sucker for like the double guitar like harmony like two guitars playing the same thing you know it's just and it's cool like things like you know kentucky i mean i'm sure that influences kind of like what you guys do well now we're into the age of like kids who were influenced by bands who were influenced by metallica yeah i mean it's it's like generationally gone so far beyond where i feel like i'm at i mean i was you know into everything from hendrix and clapton to Iomi and freaking Tom Schultz. I mean, my God, the guy built his own gear, you know, mm-hmm. or Prince or, or whatever, like in the 90s, you know, Pearl Jam or what have you, Kim Thale. Yeah, you know, yeah. Give me some Kim, Kim Thale. Thale. God, I love Kim Thale. Listen to that all night. Yeah, or Jerry Cantrell. So, but, you know, I mean, those guys have now influenced a whole Haskin. other generation of people who are making music that are influencing kids. Yeah. You know, so how does that play out? And it's just, that's the thing, it's like, I think it was like, because of all that, that it like really totally influenced, not to mention things like Rankin and Bass on, you know, for like the holiday cartoon kind of thing, and just like H.R. Puff and stuff, I mean, just, I mean, it was like a weird time, man, you know, and then you go into the 80s when you've got like, you know, Olivia Newton-John getting physical and, you know, things that just like Getting awesome. Yeah, and then like, you know, death metal and like punk rock was like, just totally like kind of fizzling out of that time, but it wasn't, it was going deeper underground and... You know, it's just like, and a lot of people came, became really segregated as far as what they were doing and what they were listening to. And, and, uh, and I just think that it's really, I guess my point of the whole thing on my whole tangent here is that, you know, you kind of sh- see shining stars of like bands like you guys, you know, like Idealist and, you know, Empire Rock Machine, just like people that are really staying true to like, you know, music is music. Music is awesome. And you can make this and you don't have to sit in front of a goddamn keyboard and just like hit a couple of buttons to get your drum riff and you know just you know that's they've only relegated themselves to one thing instead of just like really opening up and listening to all these things that are out yeah, there. Yeah, it's like we have this huge world opening up in front of us with the internet and YouTube and everything and yet it seems like people's tastes are getting narrower. Oh, totally. Now it's like something like uh Christina Aguilera, you know, you get like 10 million hits on something but something like Robert Johnson it's like, oh, you know, like this thing's been posted for eight years, and there's like two thousand hits. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, if that, you know, that just makes me sad. It, it is sad. I ultimately, I say it's humanity's loss. Like if you've made it to X point or Y point in your life, you haven't been introduced to something like Robert Johnson. I kind of feel bad for you. You know, mm-hmm. it's a pure number one. It's American. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, it's pure American music, yep. and it's influenced pretty much. Not just Robert Johnson, but you know, we'll just say Delta Blues, for right? Instance. Oh yeah, totally. It 
totally laid the groundwork for what became known as rock and roll. Yeah. And then, I mean, after that, it's anybody's guess. And that's like you were talking about the 70s. 70s were awesome. Yeah, it just seemed like anything could happen. Like all the albums in my collection, most of them from the 70s, they're all different. Yeah. You know, you have like uh, talking about CBGBs earlier, you know, the Ramones, Blondie, oh, yeah. Talking Heads in there somewhere, television. Television. Oh, man, television. Tons of stuff going on. <laughs> And a lot of it was at odds. You know, punk rock was at odds with things that were also huge, like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. You know, they were considered passe or whatever. Still pretty awesome. And Kiss, everybody hated Kiss. Oh, yeah. But, but now. Well, same with like Black Sabbath. I mean, Black <laughs> Sabbath, then, then, when you're yeah. talking about, I mean, those guys, it's like, it's funny because people don't realize. It's like, okay. So really, I mean, when Black Sabbath came out, like, you know, their first album came out, I mean, you had things like Bill Haley and the Comets were kind of like at the top of the pops, you know, it's like, it's also like, wow, I love the story about uh, Black Sabbath that Ozzy tells where he says, well, you know, we, we looked at everybody who was going to this entertainment and it was scary and horror and whatever. And we thought, oh, well, that's, you know, that sells. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna do this thing now, but go to YouTube and check out uh, Black Sabbath live in Paris. What is it? Nineteen seventy two. Nineteen seventy, and it's awesome. Nineteen seventy. Yeah, they're just yeah. standing there playing with Tony Iommi's like nineteen lights. or something, something like that. I mean, these are kids on stage. They almost look frightened. No, no. And what they're doing is so epic. Uh, it's it's just mind blowing. We all have stories like that where you start playing music and people start. Oh, that's so cool! Like, I want to go to your show, or I want or to help not. out in some way, or not, and then you're not in that band anymore. Well, no, you know, and it's funny because there's always it's like that, they see you once, and they're like, "Yeah, okay, well, yeah, that was great. We'll come and that's see great. you again yeah, someday." That was great. That sounded like Britney Spears wiped her ass. <laughs> it's still, yeah, it's like the brush off. Like, no, 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 um, no, just go ahead and give me your number. He didn't seem that into it. How come I was the only one that seemed to know it? <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank my guests. In the living room tonight, from the idealist, Thomas McGar, from Old Devils, Lauren Stellar, effing star, look it up. Booyah. And Johnny DeBelli from Empire Rocket Machine. My bad. Yes. Tri- so, thanks, you guys. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Loved it. Thank yeah. you. Good to see you guys again. Good to see you. But we're not seeing each other because we're live oh, via sh- satellite. Right. <laughs> That's true. From different parts of the
That was the song Stereo by Audio Learning Center off their album Cope Park. Earlier in the show, we heard their song In the Red off that album, too. Here's a new song by my friend Murr Larson. It's called Homesick. with Homesick. You can check out more about Murr's music at murrmusic.com. Just think gold or frankincense. So that's my show, The Hour from Portland, Oregon. I'd like to thank everybody who helped make it possible, starting with Daryl Fortune at Northwest Music Scene and Northwest Convergence Zone Radio, nwcz.com. I'd also like to thank Greg Roth at Seattle Music Insider for his encouragement. I'd like to thank Johnny DeBelli and Empire Rocket Machine, Lauren Steller Effingstar at Old Devils, and Thomas McGar from The Idealist. I'd like to thank Dave Coey from Mexican Gunfight for having a telephone interview. I'd also like to thank the bands In Repose, Audio Learning Center, Pinehurst Kids, The Fallman, and Mer Larson for letting me use their music. And don't forget to check out the show's page, The Hour from Portland, Oregon, on Facebook. Become a fan 
check out the links with the bands, and we'll have some other information up there for your approval. So that's it. I'm Piotr Moose. Don't forget what time it is.